Welcome to the Formula Nun podcast, starting from P20. My name is Nikolai. I am the resident Formula One so-called expert. Not really. And on the other end of the microphone, we have Patrick. Good evening, Patrick. How are you? Good evening, Nick. I'm really good. I'm f- I would hesitate to say that I'm no longer an amateur Formula One fan. I think I'm graduating to intermediate. I'm actually going to agree with that. Um, I think based on our discussions recently, the questions have shifted very quickly from the basics to the more advanced. Mm. And in fact, many questions you seem to be able to annoyingly answer yourself. Um, you are obsolete, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> um, and we'd just like to really apologize again for missing another Grand Prix. Unfortunately, my computer fell over uh, and took four weeks to fix it. And I couldn't find a way to record it in the meantime with the quality that we would like to maintain. So we decided just to skip another Grand Prix, unfortunately, but we are rearing and ready to go for the next five, which I am truly, Mm. truly excited about. You know what I'm not excited about? The end of the season. I'm really not excited for that. And that is disappointing. (laughs) Yeah, there are only five left. Yeah. I I wish they'd bring out Drive to Survive, like maybe a week after the season finishes. Same. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yep. And then at least we can get like, you know, a little bit more. And relive the relive yeah. the year. So on the plus side, on the plus side, they move that to the beginning of the season, right? So before the season starts, we basically bring the season start back a while because we'll get Drive to Survive before it starts. So I guess it's one end or the other. That's that's true. Right. So we are here to talk about the American Grand Prix, the first Grand Prix with proper crowds, I think, uh, that we've seen. Yeah. Since, well, in, yeah, a big yeah. old crowd. And uh, and in two seasons time as well i don't know if you caught the did you catch the grid walk did you catch martin, Brun, martin brundle's grid walk by any chance no no i didn't did you hear about it no oh he was uh he was snubbed by megan the stallion's bodyguard um oh really and he yes and he oh. uh he threw it a little bit back in their face and um it caused it, it was quite funny actually brundle did a really good job um one of the, her handlers said oh you can't do that and brundle said well i can because i just did um, which I really like as a motivational message for life, I think. <laughs> um, was he just trying to like talk to her? What was happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it generated quite a bit of discussion, actually. Um, this is a little bit off topic for, for the race, but uh, it generated quite a bit of discussion because he also got um, spurned by Serena Williams on the grid. Um, and the discussion oh. was really, hey, if you're on the grid of Formula One, you should, you know, you've been invited there most likely. Yeah. You should at least be willing to talk to someone. Now, they wouldn't know who Martin Brundle is. But, no. you know, they probably should be briefed on that kind of thing. Fortunately, some people use it as an opportunity for racism, as they always do for some Great. reason. Great. That's definitely what's going on here. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was It was none of that at all. But yeah, just a little bit disappointing. And I think they do need to work on... It's great to have celebrities there. People who know nothing about Formula One, that's, that's cool. I've got no problem with that. But at least, you know, brief them, be ready to talk mm. to, to someone on the grid. It doesn't have to be much. Uh, you know, um, Martin Brundle found Moy, Rory McIlroy, the, the golfer, and yep. he had a great chat to him. He found Ben Stiller, and Ben Stiller had time to talk to him as well. So, totally. Yeah, I just think it's about, yeah, it was just a bit a bit of a shame to see, and it was the first grid walk. Again, I think the first grid walk since 2019. Would you recommend trying to watch these? Yeah, so they tend to be about half an hour before the race starts, and uh, Martin Brundle goes onto the grid when the drivers are all there with the cars on the grid. Um, mm-hmm. and tries to whip around and ask some famous people and the drivers and the team members a few questions. Um, right. there, if you look up on, on YouTube, Martin Brundle's best uh, grid walk moments, you'll find some great viewing. Oh, okay, cool. Well, that sounds 
That sounds mean. So I do, I do recommend watching them. Like I don't normally, to be honest, because I don't get to watch the races live. Um, yeah, that's so... why I don't, because when it comes to me via the streaming platform, it always cuts into pre-race and post. So I always just watch the race and ignore the rest. Yeah, I almost feel like um, I might have to adjust my watching habits from rushing to get it watched to leaving it for the afternoon after work. Because obviously in New Zealand, we they, you know the races start at one or two in the mm. morning. It's not really feasible to watch them live normally. And maybe I need to to enjoy the whole thing as a, as a piece of entertainment rather than just focus on the race itself. Speaking of the race itself, yeah. we should probably talk about that. It's been five minutes already. Before we talk about the race, I want to talk about practice. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it could be another few minutes. In practice on Friday, Mercedes looked very strong, like ominously strong. When I saw the times, no, I watched. I think I watched it because of the time zone. In this case, ironically, it was on we early could in watch the morning. It live. Yeah, they were a second to lap faster, and I was thinking, "Oh my god, the championship is done." This, mm. you know, they've found something. This reminds me of seasons past. It's over. <laughs> I went into a tailspin, basically, and they did. They looked very, very strong on Friday, and then I don't know what happened on Saturday, but Red Bull turned it around. Yeah, I didn't see practice. I. I was naively confident in the race that Max would win. I thought he had the gusto. Turns out he did. But let's talk about why. That's interesting, actually, because I did not. So I thought this was going to be a Mercedes track. And, oh, you know, okay. I've heard, um, I've heard Richard Reddy from the, the Mistake Picks podcast make a really, really good point that I hadn't thought about, which is when we talk about Mercedes tracks and Red Bull tracks, we tend to think they're mostly Mercedes tracks. Well, that's because they've dominated the last six years. Of course, they're all Mercedes tracks. Like, <laughs> kind of that That's a very good point. Yeah, it almost goes out the window, right? Like, it's yeah. not relevant anymore. But regardless, I thought it was a Mercedes track. So, so great qualifying session. I don't know if you got to watch qualifying, but it was fantastic. Perez looked really, really strong right up until the end when I think Max and uh, and Lewis really showed their class to, to pull out that extra couple of tenths on their final runs with Max taking pole, which um, it was a hard-fought, hard-fought pole position, I thought. And then after practice, I missed the reason, but Bottas started with the engine penalty again? Yes. Now, Why? I, I think they needed another engine. Um, really? I tell you what he is, just replaced it. I know. But what is good quality is the memes. Um, I don't know if you've seen them. The memes. Oh, so many. Oh, man. And, and um, Beltry Bottas likes to put them up on his uh, Instagram. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He's got uh, his most recent one was... Um, it was him starting uh, an engine, uh, a parts an engine, engine shop. Part shop. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, <but> amazing. <laughs> Valtteri's, I think it was called, which I uh, I really liked. But yeah, interesting, interesting. So he's up to engine six, I think, when they're only meant to have had three. Three? Yeah. So, so that is interesting. Anyway, we finally make it to the race. Off the start line, Lewis gets ahead of Max. A, a bit of no contact, which um, I wouldn't have bet on if I was, if I was, if I was a betting man. I would have bet money on uh, on a bit of contact between the two of them. Max run uh, Lewis, oh, sorry, Lewis run Max out wide into the first corner, but it's really wide. There's good runoff area, so they were able to jostle without contact. I like this off the track. I don't know if this is typical to many track, but I think also because they removed the sausage bumps. They did. Yeah, I like this. It's like you can have harder racing. It's still safer, but you people can push each other around a little bit without you know bumping. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic track. It really is. You know, like right. the whole layout, I just think, is really, really well done. It's probably one of uh, Herman Tilke, who is the, the track designer that Formula One normally uses. I'd say it's 
I'd say it's one of his best tracks, to be honest. That's an entirely another conversation, but having a yeah. dedicated track designer, that's the thing. Yes, that is a thing. Yeah, Herman Tilker has so designed cool. almost all of the racetracks. Some of them are better than others, but his more recent ones tend to be a lot better than some of the... I mean, it comes down to the host countries as well, I think, but some of the designs have been pretty dull, but um, this is a right. good one. I think he designed it, actually. I'm, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't be 100% sure, but I, but I think he did. He does design most of them. So um, Lewis gets ahead of Max off the start, and then Max is pretty much immediately back onto Lewis's gearbox and stays there. Yep. And both drivers are on the radio through the first stint saying, hey, either I'm faster than him in Max's case, or Lewis saying he's faster than me. In his case, it's always hard to tell who's bluffing and who's not, mm, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but that's what we had. And yeah, they look, they look very strong at the beginning, Max. You know, he, he, he really did look strong. And then on about lap 11, I think, which we might consider yeah. to be potentially a touch early, mm-hmm. they, they pull him in. And I think this is the moment that probably won the race really for Max. Um, track position is king in Formula One. And as soon as uh, Red Bull meet Mercedes into the pits, they, they took the advantage away from Mercedes where Hamilton was first. And there was no way because the undercut was so strong here because it was really hot. Uh, so the tyres were getting worn out. And it always is very strong in the early stint where they've had to do qualifying and then the early laps on high fuel on that first set of tyres. It tends to make the undercut very strong in most circumstances. And uh, and yeah, Max Max came out, was really fast. He put a lot of a uh, lot of energy into the tyres and um, yeah. we'll remember a discussion from a few races ago where Nico Rosberg was saying in the commentary, you know, that you have to bring them in slowly if you want them to last. Yes. Max didn't really have that chance. He had to, he had to he had put to his foot down. Yeah. yeah. And he did. And then by the time Lewis pitted about three or four laps later, I think. Three laps, yep. Three laps later. He was about five seconds behind, I think. Yep. It was, yeah. it was a fairly large gap to be honest. It was more than I thought it would be. Yeah. And then... What we did see was Lewis bringing the tyres in slowly. Yeah. So the pace stayed very similar for about three laps, and then suddenly that gap started coming down. Yep. Started coming down really fast. So, so lap fourteen, Lewis had pitted. By lap twenty six, Max is oh. in the pits again. Sorry, no, lap thirty. He had twenty six laps to go. Oh, lap thirty. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Lap thirty. So he pitted really, really early. So yeah, he had twenty six laps to go. He'd done what nineteen laps on the set of tyres or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he was looking for a lot more out of his tires, but the reason he had to pit was Lewis was closing on him and was getting into undercut range. Yep. So once, and this is where I started sweating. Yeah. Yeah. So once Max pitted for the second time, again, it was very unlikely that Lewis was going to come out ahead of him. It was all about Lewis balancing, staying out on the tires to get a shorter run as possible at the end on his tires but also not losing too much time to Max in the process. And they balanced that out to, I can't remember when they pitted. I think it was about lap 38 or something like that. That sounds about right. It was before 40. So a, a sizable a sizable gap, I think, um, on the tyres. And actually in the meantime, Red Bull pitted Perez, who was running in third, and put him on the medium tyres mm, to try yeah. and push and force Lewis to pit. Um, yes. But he just, he just wasn't fast enough. While all that's happening, we had a few other things. Uh, there's a few items there. I, th- I think you might, you should run through a couple of the couple of the ones on the list here. We want to chat about. Sure. I just want to. The first one is um, that Gazi lost his suspension in the rear. I felt so sad for him. He's had bad luck this year. He has, like, not even occasional, just consistent bad luck. Yeah, especially the second half of the season. Eh? It's been rough. It has. Well, it's been. I've watched. 
Um, so yeah, he had to retire his car. Then again, there was also Alonso versus the world, where, it's, where Alonso drives a fabulous race, and everyone is questioning it. Can it happen? Is it allowed? And Alonso just keeps doing his thing. <laughs> I love it in Alonso land. Alonso is the best ever. Alon- Alonso is consistently the best. <laughs> Everybody is bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Alonso. Yeah, so who is it? It was him versus Kimmy, right? There was him versus Kimmy and him versus... Was it him versus Kimmy? It was when he yeah. pushed Kimmy out wide. Yes. Kimmy stayed on the outside and got ahead of him. And then was it Alfa Romeo asked Michael Massey if he could overtake on the outside and if it was no, okay no. or not? That was that was Alpine. Oh, so this of was the other round. I yes. So Alan Permain, who I think is the sporting director of Alpine, if I mm-hmm. remember his job title correctly, gets on the radio to Michael Massey and says, "Just checking. Uh, just checking. It's okay that we pass around the outside now." <laughs> Or pass on the outside of the track. Michael Massey is the the perfect picture of the the meme of the guy with the cigarette in his hand outside the door. I think you sent that one to me. Perfect. Yeah, ben Affleck. Double. Yeah. Yeah. And he's no, no, you can't pass on the outside. Well, can be Justin. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you cannot. Oh, I thought we'd put an end to this with Toto sending emails to Michael. No. This season's been great. <laughs> Poor old Michael. Sometimes I feel sorry for him, and sometimes I don't. This time I did feel sorry for him. Yeah, but but I but I love it. <laughs> yeah. He just sounds so it. weary, like he doesn't want to deal with this. Everyone knows the rules. Come on, guys. Um, so so after that, <laughs> Alonso catches up to Giovinazzi, plows around the outside of him. I think completely off the road, <laughs> gets past him, and then comes on the radio and goes. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> like he did a good thing. Oh. He's just proving yeah. a point. That's all Alonso is doing. He knows yep. what he's doing. He knows yep. exactly what he's doing, and he is proving a point. He thinks this whole passing around the outside off the track is nonsense. Yeah, um, and I do agree with that part of it. Yeah, um, but I'm not sure about the Kimmy thing because in that case, Alonso forced him off the track. Yeah, as opposed to going off to overtake. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. But then Alonso and Giovinazzi had quite a bit of a good hard race after that. Oh, they did. Yeah. Do you think Giovinetz is going to keep his seat? No. No. Right. Now, um, Interesting, because the commentators were saying that they think he may. No, I've heard not. Um, no, okay. not that long ago. It may have been on the last podcast I had. Uh, it could have even actually been after that. That I heard a rumor that well, there was a strong rumor going around that Andretti, uh, who is a, a big American team, were going to buy Yes, uh, you said this Mayo. might be announced at this yeah. Grand Prix. I'm guessing it hasn't been. It hasn't been, and now mm. it's hearing. I'm hearing it's not going to happen. Um, that's well, I'm hearing. I say that I'm reading that it's not going to happen, uh, and right. it's fallen over. I'm not entirely sure why. So, so that does mean it's more likely that Giovinazzi will keep his seat. But I think in the end, um, that seat will go to one you one you Joe because right. he has a lot of money behind him, and he's pretty good. Yeah, he's not the best. They were going to pick the best out of Formula Two this year. They'd be picking. Um, Oscar Piastri, I think. I mean, if they're going to pick out the best from Formula One, they'd pick Lance Stroll anyway. So, <laughs> indeed. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> indeed. And other things to note: Leclerc, Charles Leclerc, excellent. Oh, I just want to call that. Like, it's he's not getting on the podium, but boy, can he race! Oh, he's he's so good. And we we are not unfortunately because that Ferrari car isn't that strong. We're not seeing. You know him, him in the really, you know, in the in the winning positions, like yeah. like Norris and Ricardo were a few races ago. Though mm. at the moment, and well, in some tracks anyway, that that uh, that Ferrari looks faster than the McLaren. That is a tight 
battle in the championship. It and is. how about that racing on the first lap? That was oh my gosh, that was so good. Yeah, they the McLarens seem really hungry to me for more victories, and I love it. Yes, um, they are. They do seem very hungry. Um, but I'm, I don't know. I'll be interested to see how they go in the next couple of races. Their car does seem a little bit up and down, but not as up yeah. and down as the Ferrari, I think. And I yeah. think there's four points between them. And you're talking, um, you're probably talking about tens of millions of dollars difference in prize money. Far out. Or it may, it may be around $10 million. I'm not entirely sure, but it is a significant difference in money, uh, which means a lot to those teams. And totally. I do think, had Ricciardo been stronger earlier in the season, McLaren would be a long way ahead. Right, right. Anyway, back to the race. So basically, we've got to the point where both the lead cars have stopped. And Lewis is closing down Max very quickly. At times, um, I think there was one stage, it was a couple of seconds a lap. It was always a consistent fast chunk that came down really, really quite quickly. And then Lewis got about one and a half to two seconds behind Max. Yes. He got really close at one point straight away, which tends to happen. Yes. He got nearly in DRS and then he dropped back. And then Max just, just seemed to have saved enough. I think he just saved enough in the tires, I actually think. We saw a bit of a masterclass in looking after those tyres from Max Verstappen this race. I really, I really think that because I think the Mercedes on the hard tyres was faster. So I think that the Red Bull was faster on the mediums. Yep. And then once we got onto the hards, the Mercedes was the was the better car. Yep. But Max put, you know, they between Max and Red Bull, they they pulled a good strategy call to get him ahead, and then he kept his head when it when it really mattered, and he managed those tyres for for quite a long time. And it was close. A, a tiny mistake would have seen Lewis pass. Oh, yeah. And uh, two laps from the end, you know, he came up behind Mick Schumacher in the house and he got very politely on the radio and asked, uh, Mr. Massey, sir, would you mind if you can uh, move that <laughs> car out of the way? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, I just watched the highlights again just to just to bring myself back up to speed with the race. He he actually was pretty calm, I thought. I thought so, given too. Given the circumstances. I would have been, I mean, I don't know how these drivers do it anyway on a regular day, but in this, I would have just freaked out. Yeah, and Max is like the coolest cucumber you can possibly I mean, imagine. He won and said, "Ha ha, yes!" Like you know, he didn't <laughs> yeah. scream; he just calmly <laughs> celebrated. That's uh, yeah. I think I I heard that as well. You know, like he's like won this epic race against Lewis Hamilton. It's just ha ha, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I think that temperament is is it does him credit. It does him credit. It does. And interestingly, on this, when he overtook Mick, I don't think he would have won if this hadn't happened. But because of the mm. how the DRS zones work, that he was close enough to Mick on the overtake to get DRS. Yes. But Lewis wasn't. Like if Max hadn't got DRS, it was thousands of a second that Lewis wasn't yeah, close off. enough. Because yeah. I saw Lewis go down to point nine behind Max. I'm like, oh well, the race is over for Max, right? Because Lewis got DRS, but he didn't have that early enough to get like, no. oh my god, so stressful. So do you know how the DRS works? There's there's detection points for some some set distance behind the DRS zone itself there's a detection point and at that point you must be a second behind see I didn't know this I just thought on the straight if you manage to get up to a second you could be like haha DRS no, button no so I don't really know why they didn't just well I guess they couldn't measure it but yeah that detection point sets up a light on their steering wheel to yep. tell them that DRS is available and yep. then when they cross the when they cross the DRS line they'll you know they'll push the button down Yep. Um, to open the the rear wing flap. Yeah, yeah. So so the, the the long and the short of that is that Max won um, by a small amount from Lewis Hamilton and extended his championship lead. Just absolutely critical. And I think when we look back, there's some bits of really interesting stats that have come out recently. Max has led more laps, I think, than the rest of the field combined. Wow. 
He's won more races, wow. he's taken more poles, but he was still only a few points ahead of Lewis. And what I think that tells us is, you know, Max has had a few DNFs. He's had one in Baku, one in Silverstone, one in Monza, and one mm-hmm. in Hungary. So yep. he's lost four, well, he's lost the opportunity for 100 points, whereas Lewis has only lost two. I think he's only had two races where he DNF'd. There was, um, what races did he DNF? Uh, well, Baku, sorry, he didn't DNF, but he finished out of the points. And then and Monza, when the two of them Monza, crashed into each yep. other, he DNF'd. And the other times, he's generally managed to find his way back through through whatever means to the points. But what I'm getting at here is that I think Max should probably, under more normal circumstances, be, be quite far ahead I of agree. Lewis. But what we have seen over the last few races is races where Mercedes should have been taking points away. They haven't. haven't. Yes. They haven't done it. So, and you could also, I guess, argue that um, Max got a little bit unlucky that potentially he would have taken more points in Spa, but he only got half points, which reduced the amount yeah. that he was able to gain over Hamilton there. I mean, what this is saying is if, if Max has finished less races than Lewis, but is still ahead, Max is a better driver. No, no, no. It, do, it doesn't mean that. It's just... Why not? It's just the implications of the championship. I genuinely don't believe it because, you know, it just means that the car has been better, I think. I honestly, I wouldn't choose between the two drivers. I, I don't... I will say that I think Lewis has made a few more mistakes this year, but they've been minor mistakes, very minor mistakes. But I genuinely think that it's it's really tough to call between between those two drivers right now. Very very t- difficult. I think Mac, uh, early in the season Lewis won a couple of races that they probably shouldn't have won. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this part of the season, Max has won races or taken points out of Lewis when he shouldn't have mm. or lost. You know, like Russia. You know, when he had his engine change, he, he hardly lost True. any points because he finished second. Yeah. In Turkey, where where Hamilton took his engine change, he was a few places behind. Max Monza should have been a, a Mercedes track, but the two of them came together. You know, like you look at these races where Mercedes should have been. You know, there should have been one two finishes with Max further behind, and it hasn't yeah. happened. And that's all critical. It's all critical for the championship. This championship is going to be decided, I think, on on tiny tiny margins. So, do you think that's drivers or cars then that's causing that split? Cars. Cars. I think okay. it's cars. Yep. I genuinely think, I think if you put the two of them in the same car, I think that Max is faster. I would love to see this, just oh, just yeah. to know, I would love to have all the F1 drivers in the same car do a race, just to see. Even then, uh, it doesn't normally work out that well to be able to tell, because there's a lot of variables that happen with motorsport, but yeah, I think- You know you what I mean though, them, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you put the two of them in the same car, I think that Max is faster, but Lewis- with his experience of championships, of winning races, and just, you know, the, the driver that he is, he always finds a way. And it, I said to to my friend after this race, after he watched the race, this reminds me of the 2006 season where you have, um, you had Alonso, young Alonso, chasing down older and experienced Michael Schumacher. Young Alonso was fast, and old experienced Michael Schumacher was just canny. He'd just, Mm -hmm. he'd find a way, he'd always find a way to get those points. Um, And I I think that's the situation we're in now. This is what I said earlier, I think I've said in the season, that Lewis has this uncanny ability to just whittle off time. Like he'll be 14 seconds behind and he'll still win because he'll just slowly pick away, do it perfectly. Like, yeah, he is. He's a force. But I want Max to win. I I just like, you have a little like, I just want Max to win because I do. I'm ready for a change of champion. But 
and I, I'm I almost feel like I might be disappointed if Max doesn't win only because it's been seven years of of the Mercedes dominance or six years or whatever it's been. I think it's been seven years of Mercedes dominance now. But whoever wins this championship, hundred percent will deserve it, and yep. the other person will be very unlucky not to win it. Yeah, because you know this is this. I think it's hard to say how this season ends. It might end in a bit of a damp squib if Red Bull or Mercedes suddenly, you know, pick up a car advantage. But based on what we've seen so far, this is in my mind probably the greatest championship year ever. Up to this really? point, I think it is the the ebb and flow, the crashes, the other teams doing well. You know, like the other stuff that we've seen as well. It's just been an absolutely vintage season. It is Formula One at its very, very best. What about that year when Vettel won? I'm trying to remember the year when 2012. There you go. Multiple contenders. You think this is better? Yeah, there were multiple title contenders, but it was not always close racing. Right. Okay. Whereas this year, almost every race has been a close race. Those two, Max and Lewis, have always found a way to be somewhere together on the track, fighting it out for the win. True. And And that is just something truly spectacular. Speaking of that, do you think Lewis will need to take another engine like Bottas has? It's really hard to say. It sounds like he does. Um, all right. the noises that Mercedes are making, they could be bluffing, but the, all the noises they're making, it sounds like they think they're going to have to take another engine. Right. I believe it's only the internal combustion engine, but it, it does sound like they are going to have to take an extra one. And the speculation is that they may actually take one next weekend in Mexico because Mexico is traditionally relatively easy to overtake on and they think it's going to be a Red Bull track anyway, they don't think they'll be able to win the race. Right. So I think if we are going to see another engine change, we may see it here. Toto has been saying over and over again, this is about reliability. He's clearly thinking, if they lose an engine, if they lose an engine in the race, the championship is over. Yes. They can't afford to do that. So it's better to take the penalty with a a new safe engine and keep going. That's right. That's right. Well, I am excited for Mexico, Nick. It's it's swinging so hard from race to race as well. It's I, I think I alluded to it before. It's so hard to know who's going to be stronger at each weekend. Really? Yeah. You think you know, and then it doesn't necessarily prove to be correct. And that's also, also a fantastic part about the season. So I think it's about time to wrap up. We're both very much looking forward to the final. What have we got? Five races? Five. Each? Only five. five. So sad. Five races. And uh, we've got one more sprint race weekend. Aha, yes. Brazil into Lagos. Let's go. Yes. And we have two new tracks as well, so that um, that should be that should be pretty interesting actually. Qatar the two new and Saudi Arabia. That's right. Nice. Yep. I see some pictures of Saudi Arabia. It is definitely not finished. But <laughs> I, I think that's uh, that's pretty normal for the first year. The track will be done and not much else. But uh, so it's time for us to wrap up. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, if you do enjoy the podcast, you can find us on Twitter at Formula None Pod. Uh, we have a website. What's our website, Patrick? And www.formulanun.com. Do we have an email address? Do we monitor an email uh, address? We do. Contact at formulanun.com. I do not monitor it, but please do, and I, I will monitor it if you send me something. Yes, please send us. Uh, if, you, if you are listening and you've got questions, you've got feedback, we're all for the feedback. If you're, if you're interested to send it through, if you want to have discussion, like we, we both state, we are two very enthusiastic Formula One fans. And we'd love to share that with somebody else. So I think we're going to call it a day. Thanks very much for listening. I will say goodbye. And Patrick? Um, I lied. It's formulanun.co.nz. Go there instead. Oh. But also, goodbye. This has been great. <laughs> formulanun.co.nz. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time here on Formula Nun Podcast.